warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Welcome to Real Britannia, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Scott here with me today, the return of co-host of my dear friend Tony. Hello, mate. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I haven't seen you since Dunkirk, sir. Sounds like we were fighting on the beaches, but Dunkirk was... Yeah, it's been a few years, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back in a war zone now. Oh, we're um, we're live from lockdown. Three weeks into lockdown, just to give the listener an idea of where we are, because this is not going to go out for about four or five weeks, possibly. First time I've really got to chat with you properly since since the whole mess started, mate. How's it affecting you? You're a, I'm going to say that you are a very important key worker. How's it affecting you? Well, obviously, I, I wouldn't big myself up that much. But yes, both of my jobs, I'm classed as a key worker, unfortunately. And I say that because I'd rather be at home with you guys... <laughs> and not exposed to um, this horrendousness. Yeah, you, you don't actually work for the NSS, but you work alongside them, don't you? You visit hospitals every single day at the moment. Every single day I visit a few hospitals. Yeah, I'm a specialist for the NHS as a contractor. Yeah. Um, and my specialist role, unfortunately, currently is removing COVID-19. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I say, key worker of the highest degree, mate. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the NHS staff are doing a much more important job than I'm doing, like the doctors, nurses and whatnot. But yeah, I'm I'm actually removing this horrendous virus and um, taking it somewhere special to be burnt and buried forever good man fair play what about the fire service you're still actively involved in that as well very much so at the moment again yeah it's um we're quite busy and it's all again related to um the coronavirus um well just there's no escape from it for me at the moment um so i've been forced to take a couple of days leave because the hours we're putting in at the minute just like everyone in that sector so yeah I'm, i'm enjoying an extra two days off over the easter weekend and you've chose to spend the Saturday morning talking to me, you fool. Yes, yeah, I thought I'd better sort of catch up with you before um, it all goes hell for leather oh, again. No, no, it's, it's good to hear from you, mate. As I say, we haven't actually sat and spoke since the Dunkirk episode, however long ago that was, five, six weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah, fair play, mate. I mean, if the, the clap for the NHS is still going strong on the Thursday evening, this episode goes out. Rest assured, mate, our listeners... We'll be sending a large dose of that clap your way, sir. Well, yeah, I've, 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 a, I woke up the other day to a large dose of the clap. I've, I thought I was hearing things when it first happened. Oh, what, um, the 8pm the thing? You could hear it, could you? It all... Well, yeah, yeah, the first Thursday that ever happened. Yeah. Obviously, I knew it was going to happen, but I just crashed out because it had been mm. such a long day. And my day starts at half past two in the morning. Of course, yeah, yeah. So eight o'clock at night for me is like midnight. Um, <laughs> so I was deep in the land of nod and all of a sudden i've heard this rupturous round of applause and car horns and fireworks and it was ridiculous it was, it was lovely to hear it was all for you mate it was all for you yeah i mean shame everybody then come out and ruin the whole social distancing thing for about 10 minutes of their life <laughs> so we've now wiped out a whole yeah all that hard whole work mass area of the yeah. southeast yeah. because of that 10 minutes but yeah it was nice for them to come out yeah yeah so Fully appreciated all the efforts, mate, all the hard work you're doing. Well, like I said, there's there's others in um, more predicaments than me, so um, well done to them. Yes, and yes. challenging times. Yeah. So. Um, and congratulations to those that are staying indoors. I don't know how you do it. Oh, yeah, I'm going a bit stir-crazy, but 
you know, one of the lucky ones, mate. You know, there's people that can't get out to go shopping or, you know, are relying mm. on the generosity of other people, you know. So stop yeah. stop bitching and whining, you lot, and just get on with it, knuckle down and, and make, the, make the best of what you can here because we're all in it together, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't say this lightly, but even if you've lost your job and you've got no money, but you are stuck indoors, actually you are quite lucky mm. to be stuck indoors. You're not having to face this... Well, look Crap. at look at my job. I work with the homeless in London, and you know, trying to get those guys off the street into hotels has been a a Herculean task. Which there's a lot of great people still up there on the front line, working face to face with these guys, trying to still get people off the streets of London at the moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of unseen hard work and bravery and just dedication going on that we're not aware of mate and it's people like you that your little job you know that you may think it's just a little job you know on a day-to-day basis is so important so no thank you mate on behalf of all of all of our listeners so today we're going to work our way slowly through the carry-on movies we're reaching the third Yep, we've only got another four or five years to go before we've completed them. <laughs> At this rate. Carry on, nurse or doctor might have been a bit more appropriate in these troubled times, but... <laughs> yeah, we just want to stick clear from anything like that. <laughs> Take people's minds off of it. <laughs> so, we're going back to 1959. It's Carry On Teacher. Now, we're still, of course, in the black and white era. We've got a few more movies to go before we get to what I like to refer to as the golden age of the carry-ons. You know, I yeah, I, I sort of say from Clio to camping sort of thing, that, that early 60s to end of 60s period, I think, is the golden age. Uh, it's the finding your feet of the carry-ons, isn't it? They're, they're trialling new people. There's The first few films, there's new faces, and there's faces you don't ever see again, and faces that only make a couple of appearances. They're getting it right. Yeah. And then I think Constable, the next one, is where it really starts to take off when Sid James comes on board. I think we've said this before, don't we? It's, it's, yeah. It's not necessarily the, the formula, the sauciness sort of format. It's the core group of people I think that you recognise as being a classic carry-on isn't it once you get those half a dozen yeah people we associate with the carry-on movies yeah yeah um, Constable was definitely the one where they got the right crew together yeah and then that was that was it from then on and they knew they would be gold yeah from that point on when's Barbara Windsor joined spying doesn't she spying so that's probably the last piece of the puzzle isn't it in your mind I think you're saying so yeah Plenty of familiar faces. We've still got some new ones, still some yet to appear, like you say. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Here's the trailer. Back in a second. Miss Wheeler, there is something I must say to you. Miss Wheeler. Miss Wheeler. Oh, you've fallen. Miss Wheeler, I've fallen in. Fallen in through the hole of the chair. If you missed a comprehensive education or lack the polish of a finishing school. Well, what is it? A bomb. A bomb. Making a mum. Now's your chance to get finished off completely. For your masters, your teachers are none other than the shower who tried to wreck the army in Carry On Sergeant. The gang that tried to ruin the health service in Carry On Nurse. Shall we go inside? Now these graduates in sabotage aim an all-out attack on education in Carry On Teacher. And Teacher takes on a new look. Miss Alcock. Do you favour the Swedish method? Well, I always say it's the same the whole world over. (laughs) Starring Kenneth Connor, Charles Hawtrey, Leslie Phillips, Joan Sims, Kenneth Williams, Hattie Jakes, Rosalind Knight, Cyril Chamberlain. And as headmaster of this, the toughest school in London, that master artist of comedy, Ted Ray. Sit down. Now, uh, what do you think I should do about it? Cane me? And split a perfectly good magazine? Sir? Remove the padding, Stevens. You're crackling like a pan full of frying bacon. See the kind of homework teacher doesn't mind working on. 
Oh, I say, steady on. Don't worry, darling. I've studied judo. I know every muscle in the human body. See what happens when teacher's tea is brewed with alcohol filched from the science lab. You'll laugh so much, you'll feel caned all over. Miss Alcock. You're drunk. You slanderous cat. Carry On Teacher, released in the UK 1959, directed by Gerald Thomas, produced by Peter Rogers, written by Norman Hudis, starring, now we did say classic Carry On lineup. There's some familiar faces here and some that we've seen in the previous two. Just to give you some idea of who's in this one, guys, it's Kenneth Connor, Charles Hawtrey, Leslie Phillips, Joan Sims, Kenneth Williams, Hattie Jakes, Cyril Chamberlain, Rosalind Knight, Richard O'Sullivan's in there, and... For the only time, Ted Ray. Briefly, the synopsis, according to IMDb. Do you want to read it out, Tony? You said you've got IMDb open there, mate. What's the synopsis, mate? The uh, synopsis is, pupils run amok at Maudlin Street School in an attempt to hang on to their headmaster. He has applied for a new job, but the students like him and don't want to lose him. Yeah. I'm, I thought, watching it this time round, it's not... As I said, sort of hinted at earlier, it's not a saucy carry-on. It's still one of those gentle 50s comedies at the moment. Yep. It can't be as saucy as Nurse was sort of hinting towards, possibly because of the setting in a school. Yeah, they've got to be a bit careful. Got to be a bit one. careful. There's a, there's a few little lines dropped, didn't there, when they're in the, um, the history class, I think it was. Yep. And, um, and the whole pursuit of Joan Sims by Leslie Phillips and and um, Kenneth Connor and the ho- and the and the school inspector, you know, there's that sort of saucy love interest still going on. Yeah, the school teacher romance that happens in every school. I worked yeah. in a school when I when I first left school. The next day I started at a school, and <laughs> all the scandals and the romances going on behind the pupils' backs is ridiculous. So yeah, I can I can see that. Just like a carry on movie, basically. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. <laughs> but it's. For me, this one is still... It's not necessarily finding its feet, but it is still stuck in that gentle 50s British comedy format at the moment. It's not what the carry-ons would become, which was just filth-fest, basically. Well, this is very mischievous, isn't it? Yeah. There's, there's no filth. It's just very mischievous. I mean, the little things that we see that they're doing now... Mm. Like today, today, we do this... I do it hourly after things they were doing you know obviously not like planning bombs and whatnot things i don't do that anymore but the practical um, jokes side the court case but <laughs> yeah all the practical jokes and stuff back then that would have been not shocking you would have been kind yeah that's the thing it's a it's a real indicator of the times isn't it that um corporal punishment is still a big thing in schools at, at the that time was a school of anarchy that was a riot at school <coughs> Um, have, have you seen the St Trinian's movies? Yes. You have. So it, a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's like a St, this, the carry-on version of St Trinian's. It's not. St Trinian's was a completely different sort of school-type comedy. Yeah. This, I mean, you, you could have taken the word carry-on out of the title. This could have just been a general 50s British school-based comedy, couldn't it? it apart from the yeah. fact that we're starting to see these familiar faces. I mean, who's who was in the previous two that that were in this? Kenneth Williams, certainly. Yep. Um, Let's have a look. Kenneth Connor. Kenneth Connor's been in all three. Hattie Jakes has been in all three. Yep. I um, want to say Joan Sims. I think Joan Sims was in all three. Leslie Phillips was only in Nurse. Rosalind Knight yep. was only in Nurse. I think this is the one and only time for Rosalind Knight that she's in a carry-on. No, she was in Nurse as well. She, she was? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's the one with the glasses. No, Joan Sims is wearing the glasses. She's Joan Sims's mate. Yes, yeah. you are right. Yeah, yeah, I think she was only in two. Rosalind Knight, I was watching it yesterday thinking, 
I know her. Obviously know her from Carry On Nurse. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. She's the landlady, isn't she? Beryl. The ex-prostitute. And she's still working now. She now plays Nanny Goodman in Friday Night Dinner. Oh, my God. So she's like nearly 90, bless her. Actually, and she's still working. We, we say, or people have said over the years, oh, the Carry On stars are gone. They're long gone, you know, passing away. Rosalind Knight's still with us. Leslie Phillips. Barbara Windsor. Yeah, Leslie Phillips is still with us. Um, Richard O'Sullivan, who's in it, but then again, he was only about 13 in this, 14 in this. Yep, he's still with us. Yeah, there's a few famous faces still knocking about. I mean, not in this one, but um, you are a massive Carry On fan. We know this from previous chats with you, mate. How well, I often? possibly um, divulge it. No, come on. I mean, and I know you're a big fan of the black and white early stuff as well. So, so how often have you seen this? When, how often do you watch this one? It's one I watch. Mm-hmm. It's not one of my favourites. Okay. But I do still enjoy it. Yeah. I was watching it the other day, yesterday in fact, and it, it brought a smile to my face. It's nowhere near like some of my top tier ones that I enjoy. Um, like Constable Cabby, uh, Carry On England, which is a strange one because not many people bizarre. like that one. That's bizarre. Um, yeah. But I think it, Windsor Davis did that for me because I quite like him anyway. See, that's the see that was the weak link for me. I think he was sort of a Sid James replacement almost in those later movies. I think for the role that he had in that, mm. um, I won't go into it too much, but he was the ideal person because of Ain't Half Hot Mum. Oh, in Carry On England because of the Sergeant Major type Because of the yeah, Sergeant of course, Major yeah, type. I don't yeah. think Sid James would have done, done no. that very well. And no. that's, that was the one thing. Mm. I know it is his debut appearance for Sid James in Constable, mm. but playing the Sergeant, he wasn't his cheeky normal self that we all like. He had to be quite stern and whatnot. Well, the plan was Ted Ray, who plays the headmaster in this one, was going to appear in future Carry On movies. Hmm. Now, Ted Ray was tied to ATV or somebody, some other studio, and they released him or he got out of his contract briefly to appear in this. Yeah. And Peter Rogers and, and the Carry On team had plans for him to appear in Constable in the Sid James role. Right. But the studio that was holding Ted Ray's contract went, no, 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 you're working for us. You can't just keep flitting off and doing these movies. So it was by sheer luck that Sid James got brought in for cop, um, Constable. And then the rest is history, obviously, because he carries on through most of them. Yeah. Um, apparently at this point, we're, we're third in the series, a lot of established British stars were queuing up to appear in them. They could see how popular they were becoming. Mm. And I tell you, he was, he's not in this one, but he was in... A couple of the future ones. I can't remember if he was in the previous two, but um, Bill Owen wanted to be in this one. Yep. Um, and obviously goes on into... He was in Nurse, wasn't he? He was one of the patients in Nurse. Yeah, and Carry On Sergeant. And Sergeant as well. Yeah, and then I think he appears in a later one as well. This is still 1959. The, the first movie was only made the year before, so they've knocked out three movies in the space of two years. And they're, they're breaking box office records, even though there's not a recognised carry-on formula here. It's just having the name carry-on in the title that people are going, ah, I enjoyed that last one about the nurse. Let's go and see this one about the teacher. Yeah. And it sort of develops these first sort of five or six. You've got a brand name. Yeah, and it's all about professions. It's all about different walks of life before it becomes, you know, carry-on sauciness that we we know and love. (laughs) Could you imagine if they had that? Carry on sauciness, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what did you think of Ted Ray? Because it's the one and only time he appears in this. In, in Do you know, I actually quite like Ted Ray. He's and great, isn't he? Mm. I would like to have seen him in Constable as the inspector. Yeah. I think he'd have been perfect for that role. Any role in authority throughout the um, carry-ons, he would have been great. Yeah. He, um, Absolutely great. He, um, yeah, it was a shame that he's, this is the only one he was in. Yeah, he was massive on the radio. Huge radio star. If you listen to 4 Extra, they're still playing old episodes of Raise a Laugh, which ran for years. Yeah. Um, it was a very first radio show, I think, or a very early appearance for Peter Sellers. 
Right. Um, and also, I'm sure Kenneth Connor was on it for a while, and Rosalind Knight as well. I'm sure they. That's why there's that really great chemistry between some of these people because they've all worked together previously on the radio. But he was a huge radio star. He only made about four or five movies. Um, I still remember Ted Ray in the 70s. He used to appear in a lot of like panel game shows and sort of um, interviews, you know, things like that. He died late 70s, I think it was, 77, 78. But he was, you know, he was always one of those famous, familiar faces throughout, mainly from the 40s through to the 60s. But, you mm. know, as he got older, he was just one of those guys they used to wheel out to appear on old panel shows. So, yeah, he was great, wasn't he? He's a bit like Eric Barkey, you know, who plays the always plays like the police sergeant or someone like that in previous movies. He's, but the thing is with him, he's, he's, he's quite serious in this. Ted Ray he hasn't really got a sort of a buffoon-type character. It's, he's letting all the others do the funny bits. He's the one that's sort of holding it together. You only see that the once, don't you, when they've got the itching powder in the office and he's dancing around that's doing brilliant. the conga around the that desk. That's brilliant, that bit. <laughs> um, I think that's probably the only time you actually see him let his guard down. Yeah, a little bit of physical comedy. Yeah, um, and I think that's what makes the character. To be honest, yeah, he, that is the only time he actually lets his hair <laughs> down like that. I tell you, what I thought was absolutely superb in this one. It's your favourite, Joan Sims. Oh, doesn't she look good in this? She looks absolutely gorgeous in this. She does, and it's a shame because as the movies progressed and the younger Dolly Birds, sort of say like Barbara Windsor came in, she wasn't allowed to be this sort of character anymore. No, no, she was overshadowed very quickly. Yeah, but I'll tell you what I noticed in this. She plays drunk very well. Yeah. Um, do you remember the scene in Carry On Up the Kyber when the, when the they're having their dinner and you know, they're being attacked? <laughs> Uh, and say, oh my god I'm plastered you know all that sort of thing <laughs> well she does drunk really well in this and she's the love interest her and Rosalind Knight are the two female love interests in this and I think it's a breath of fresh air a breath of fresh air to have her being the sex symbol rather than say Shirley Eaton or Barbara Windsor yeah we haven't mentioned the very beginning the credits the theme tune sounds a bit familiar. <laughs> it does, it does, and it was the one. It was the first thing that I picked up on, obviously, um, <laughs> and said to my other half when we was watching this. Yeah, so, that's our theme tune. It's our theme tune. It's a real. Retaining. How dare they use it? Yeah, and, and I think don't they? They definitely use it for Constable. And they may use it in a couple of others, but yeah, that is where the real Britannia theme tune comes from. Is this movie? So have a listen to that. I'm sort of rattling through the. The cast list, because the, the plot, the plot is so simple, isn't it? Basically, Ted Ray is acting headmaster, isn't he? He was deputy head for years. Yep. He's taken over for a month. He's got this reputation as being a bit of a softie because he won't cane the pupils or enforce any sort of discipline or anything like that. Yeah, that's quite a, a, look, a political stance on that, wasn't it? It seems like a time where there was a few issues with the caning. Yeah. And they were trying to outlaw it. Well, it was still going on when I was at school, mate. You know, I don't, mm. yeah. And he's found this ideal job down on the south coast for a brand new purpose-built school that would suit him down to the ground. He can go down there and see out his last few years as headmaster in this new school. And... One of the pupils overhears this, who is a very young Richard O'Sullivan. <laughs> now, Richard O'Sullivan, man about the house, Robin's, Robin's Nest. That's it, Robin's Nest. Amongst other things. And surprisingly, I didn't notice this until I saw the, uh, the programme for the Romeo and Juliet play that they're performing in later. His first name in this is Robin as well. Yeah. I think the guy must have played Robin. It was in his contract to play, you know, he could only be called Robin in anything that he ever appeared in. <laughs> but they hatched this plan to cause a bit of disruption because a school inspector and a psychologist, played by Rosalind Knight and Leslie Phillips, are coming to inspect the school and they're going to try and cause as much disruption, or so the teachers think, because of these two are visiting. But basically what it all turns out to be is that they don't want him to go. No. And why would they? If he's not caning people, he's yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, the other teachers have got no qualms about, you know, administering any sort of punishment because there's one bit when Hattie Jakes... Oh, she's up, mad for it. Yeah, she goes up to one of the kids and she shows him his hand and she says, what's this? He shakes his hand. <laughs> she said, no, it's, it's your hand, miss. She went, yes. What did she say? It's for, used for smacking or something, she said. Yeah, you just see the level of fear she instilled in that kid. Well, can you imagine if she gave you a clout, mate, you'd know it, wouldn't you? You certainly would. Yeah, clout <laughs> you into next week. <laughs> what did you think of Charles Hawtrey in this? Because this isn't silly Charles Hawtrey in this, is it? No. Well, he was like he was bursting at the seams, wasn't he? He's like a child with ADHD. <laughs> but he's, he, not... he's so trying to be serious. And he... He's like in every other carry-on before this. Mm. He was trying so hard to be serious and he just can't. But he's not the soppy Charles Hawtrey that we get. No. He's not the, oh, hello, Charles Hawtrey at this at this point. Not, like you're getting cabby. That, that's typical Charles Hawtrey, like half pint, isn't it? That yeah, half <laughs> <laughs> that is typical Charles Hawtrey, I think. But this one, you know, he, he was actually, um, I don't know if he was classically trained, but he was a composer and a pianist in real life, Charles Hawtrey. Yeah, I mean, I something was going to see if it was actually him playing the piano mm. when the leg fell off it. <laughs> yeah, it's him. He, he was actually quite renowned for composing pieces of music. So... Yeah, he does get the same of all all the cast. They get this element of silliness at some point. You know, there's always some bit of slapstick. I mean, when he's conducting the orchestra during Romeo and Juliet, he gets the paint <laughs> over him, and yeah. <laughs> and there's just little cutaways of him just going to town with his conductor <laughs> stick. He's oh, Ozzy bits watching that. Just how mad he was going with it. Well, what Brilliant. I was doing when I was watching it, I was sitting there because I was watching it through the computer. And on uh, the VLC player, it's got a facility for like taking snapshots and, and recording little clips, which I was going to use for the Facebook page. And a really? lot of it, I kept rewinding that whole conducting scene because it was just his expressions. There was just these little bits of him going really wild with his flailing arms <laughs> and his skinny little body. And, and, and to me, although he's not typical carry on Charles Hawtrey, he's still Charles Hawtrey, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that kid with the drum. Right, the now. That, oh, wow. Right, do you know who that is? That's Larry Dan, right? Right. Larry Dan would go on to appear in England, Emmanuel, and I think behind as an adult. Oh, okay. And you'd probably know him. I never used to watch it. He was in the bill for years. Oh, okay. Have a look at his face. He, he was He was Sergeant someone or other in the bill for years. I recognised him more as an adult. I saw his face and I thought, oh, I know you from somewhere. But he he came back. He was, he's in four carry-ons, but this was his earliest and he doesn't come back till the 70s. Mm. But yeah, you, you'll certainly recognise him from the bill and other TV shows as an adult. Again, another carry-on regular that's still going strong. Off the top of your head, do you know how many carry-ons Leslie Phillips appeared in? Wasn't many, was it? Oh, I want to say no more than five. It's probably less than that. I think it's less. Give me yeah. a second. I'm going to refer to our encyclopedia. Oh, I bought you this wonderful book. Your birthday did, or Christmas, which a few I can't years. access because of the lockdown. No, and I bought it for you because I had a copy. And it's called the Complete A to Z of Everything Carry On, and you can hear me flicking through it now. And I'm just going to double check. It's like a huge encyclopedia of everything you'd ever want to know. Now, Leslie Phillips. Here we go. He was Jack Bell in Nurse, Alistair Grigg in Teacher, Tom Potter in Constable, and the King of Spain in Columbus. We are not counting Four. that. Are we count no, Columbus. No, no, Rome? Columbus no. doesn't exist. Okay, so Leslie Phillips was only in three. But do you know what I liked about him? Because, again, he just plays Leslie Phillips. This is how everybody remembers Leslie Phillips. He actually says ding-dong in this. I know. <laughs> I know. He's legendary catchphrase. But probably didn't say it that often. That's what he's known for. Yeah, I know, but when you go back through his movies, I wonder how many he actually does, does say it in. I'm going to have so to try and find when out. when he says it, doesn't it? It's brilliant. <laughs> I think it's nice. This is like a great sort of... These early ones, they're a great sort of bridge between the later saucy stuff and the Ealing comedies that were around at the time. They're, they're this nice little sort of bridge between the two these ones and and as you say they're finding their feet they're becoming what they're going to become eventually did it feel like a carry-on film to you or did it no. feel did it feel just like a 50s comedy 
it was a fifties comedy. It didn't feel like a carry on. Um, I don't think the carry on for me starting until Cabby. Cabby for you, okay? Because Kenneth Williams is still serious. Kenneth Williams again in this as well. Yeah. Before he becomes the stop messing about Kenneth Williams. <laughs> but I still, you know, these are. I don't go back to these as often as I used to. These early no. ones, and it's not because. They're, they're the worst ones out of the lot because I think somebody Carry On Nurse is up there as one of the, the best as far as I'm concerned yeah it's just I've never gone back to them and it's always I think nowadays if you flick on ITV3 or whatever they tend to just show Carry, it's on, carry on Camping Carry On Camping up the Kyber the, the, yeah. the, the usual four or five isn't it that they always show and these used to be on quite often when we were kids but they don't seem to be as much now it's just like the BBC's aversion to showing anything in black and white, to be honest. You know, they've they've relaxed a bit since Talking Pictures TV came on the scene. They've started showing some more sort of classic movies mm. on weekend afternoons, you know. But we were brought up on this sort of stuff. Well, you were, because it was your, your parents, wasn't it, I think, the carry-on films, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, that's always on. And would they... All right, your mum and dad... Would they sort of gravitate towards a colour one or an early black and white? What would you normally find yourself watching if you were watching it with mum and dad? It would normally be... It would be coloured ones. Yeah. Um, you you might watch Cabby and Constable. Um, but other than that, it was always um, colour. Yeah. Now, is it, am I right in saying Cabby is your favourite? Yeah. Yeah, Cabby and Carry On England. And England, yeah, again, that still baffles me that England is is your favourite, but and I think probably camping is probably my least favourite. Now that is a lot of people's top of, top of their list. Yeah, I know it, it's probably the most popular one because that's what everyone knows Barbara Windsor for, at the famous brass scene, and that that's the one that you ask anybody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I remember carrying camping. Yeah, but I think that is right. It's my least favourite. Is there any reason for that? Do you know why? It's just play too much. <laughs> there's much more to the carry on um well there's, there's much more to carry on than just camping well this is a perfect example isn't it what you, you need to go back and dip your toe in the water of the early stuff I mean, carry on camping is almost quite a it's quite a low-tech one like this one it's set in a school that's it yeah it's set in a school carry on sergeant army base um obviously the other ones they get more adventurous. I know it's all done in one location, but you've got all the different scenes, the sets. I still um, think it still carries on being quite basic for a couple more movies. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it re- is. Regardless, has a lot of sort of different set scenes, doesn't it? Because they're all taking on the odd jobs. And it's strange because even cruising, I think cruising, was cruising the first one in colour? Before, I believe it was, Before yeah. Jack, wasn't it, I think. Yeah. Now, now, cruising, just to me, again, just seems like a typical early 60s British comedy. It's just set on a, an ocean liner. And it still isn't quite carry on. I think there's actually less of the familiar faces in cruising, if I remember rightly, as well. Um, it's, it's strange. They're all different... They're not different genres of film. You know what I'm trying to say? It's... it's there's a certain style to this first half a dozen carry-ons that then develop into something else and then as they're soon quite as, safe yeah and then as soon as you get to Cleo I think Cleo for me personally is the cut-off point is the starting point for the next six or seven up to camping or there was again doctor or whatever it was I think just before that and then as you hit the 70s they don't necessarily go downhill but they're not the same beast that they were five, six years previously. Yeah, towards the end, it just seemed like they were making films for the sake of it. Um, And it started to, like, carry on abroad. I mean... Abroad's close, abroad's close. It was funny, Um, but it just wasn't... It'd just been thrown together just to get something out there. Stuart Farquhar. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, yeah, it's still very, very funny, but you could also tell that it'd run its course. Yeah. Yeah. It was done. It was done by then. Um, the actors were falling apart. <laughs> uh, they, they were. I mean, yeah, Charles Hawtrey, he, he was playing the role of a drunk because he was an alcoholic. Yeah, that was the only thing he could do. <laughs> yeah, and they were plying him with drinks in the film. You're like... Oh. Yeah. 
you know, Hattie Jake, she'd served her time with it all. Um, they they were all tired. She's not very used very well, is she in abroad? I know we're going off topic here, but she plays the, the Spanish w- Spanish wife, doesn't she? And doesn't really have a lot to do apart from scream and shout at Peter Butterworth in that one. Yeah, I um, don't think she says fifty words in the whole film. No, no. if that. But it's great to um, watch the evolution, isn't it? And how they develop into different things, which is why we chose to do these in order. Yeah, um, I'm liking the fact that you know we haven't got Sid James in here yet, but we're still enjoying it. We've got Leslie Phillips who we'd hoped would go on for another 10 carry-on movies, but as we've just found out, only did three. I'd love to have seen him in more. Yeah. But then luckily you've got things like the Doctor movies and all those other stuff that he he did around the same time. Some of it by the same director and producer, you know. So, you know, we could look at... There's a couple of movies that we may sort of look at while we're going through these chronologically because they are all but carry-on movies apart from name. Yeah. There's a couple that Peter Rogers and Gerald Thomas did that have got, you know, half a dozen of the, the carry-on regulars written by Norman Hudis or, you know, some of the other people that wrote Talbot Rothwell, possibly. Um, and they're not quite carry-on films, but... Well, they're not named carry-on films, isn't there? I think there's one called Watch Your Stern or Twice Around the Daffodils. Um, carry-on Admiral is nothing to do with the carry-on series as far as I'm aware. No. It's it's great to go back and and just look at the evolution of how they develop. So yeah, uh, you can see in the first few, the first few carry-ons, they knew what they were setting out to achieve, but obviously because of the era they were in, they had to be very careful. Well, I think there was a great deal of care taken in that, so they mm. knew that it wasn't going to get written off from the beginning. Yeah, and then once they got their feet under the table, then there's, that's when the, a few more jokes start coming out. It becomes a little bit saucier, and then that was it. Once they got the green light for that, they just went full whack. Well, I think when they made Carry On Sergeant, I don't think they envisioned it being a series of movies. It was just called Carry On Sergeant, you know, and then suddenly... Yeah, yeah it was an order, yeah. Yeah, and then it just sort of developed after that. So to Maybe me- it was a good thing it stopped at a brawl, because, well, where else could they have gone with that? They, they couldn't have made it any more riskier if they tried to be fair on what carry on abroad yeah yeah well, I, I think from that point on which would be what behind england i think dick was after abroad wasn't it i think it might have been mm. and henry possibly round about that might have been before it's again sort of got a great love for sort of carry on henry carry on dick yeah oh, this, again i think that's another little part of their history that we sort of have to look at separately like you say we've got this run up to Cleo I think we're going to look at Cleo to camping camping to oh it'll be carry on well the the last lot we'll lump together would be behind England and Emmanuel no I'm not watching that one (laughs) and and Columbus (laughs) oh wow yeah yeah I like Martin Clunes but no, I've never watched it. Never watched. No, I've it. never watched it. I've never watched Emmanuel or Columbus. I think I've only ever got halfway to. through Emmanuel. I think I can only manage halfway through. Just sad. Yeah, it is. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? You know, um, what we may have to do is when we get get to um, Emmanuel, we'll just do a general <laughs> dissection of the last two without watching them if we can. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The picture looks lovely. <laughs> We've watched the trailer. That was more than enough. That's all we needed to know. We we just yeah. Knew. If you'd like a review, don't listen to this podcast about this one today. This is not going to happen. I'm looking forward to this going on because we've got Constable coming up, which I haven't seen for ages. No, I haven't, but I can still remember it. Yeah, and I remember, regardless, being really, really good. Yeah, regardless was very good. Is that the one Kenneth Connors, the boxer? That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, just like the. The hire a bod for the day. The odd job agency, isn't it? Yeah. See, I think that Jack and cruising are a bit of anomalies as well. You know, we've got lots of discussion on on all these movies as they progress. But with regard to this one, very quickly, before we sort of start winding this up a bit, did you have any favourite scenes in this? I think for me, Mm -hmm. the favourite scenes was the itching powder. (laughs) Yeah. Because you, you just... 
it just bursts carry on then when they're all dancing and doing the conga around the office <laughs> um the yep. romance scenes you know when they're all starry eyed and they're all stuttering um the Kenneth top. Connor mm-hmm. with his nervous disposition yes stuttering brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant and yep. he, he without trying absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah and the shock on Charles Charles Haltry's face when the piano collapses. It just looks so genuine. Yeah. He just didn't know where to put himself. And yeah. it's just brilliant. For little me, things. Yeah. Little things I took from it. For me, the Charles Haltry conducting and the whole sort of like debacle that was Romeo and Juliet of everything going wrong. You know, oh. Kenneth Williams falling through the trap door, paint flying everywhere. The drunk he says scene. They, they, they're doing the opening sequences and he's still there painting the set <laughs> and like behind the curtain just like oh wow the paint would have still been wet oh brilliant yeah, the drunk brilliant. scene we mentioned I love that bit where they're all getting getting drunk and Rosalind Knight has a fight with Joan Sims and it's like they didn't know they're all drinking the tea and they're all looking at each other like mm, oh this is, all this right. is nice <laughs> and they still carried on anyway and end up pissed brilliant and, and for me I think the the standout thing for this I'm taking away from this movie is one Ted Ray should have been in more, which is a real yep. shame. Yep. Joan Sims is used perfectly in this movie and it's a shame that she then becomes something a little bit different. As much as we love her in the later movies, she is absolutely fantastic. She's given a chance to shine in this. I think this is her sort of like moment where she becomes something a bit more than the Joan seems to remember later. Yeah. She's given a bit more, a bit more to do here. I think is a bit more, you know, even, even the scene where she's in the PE in the gym and a short split, bless her. <laughs> yeah. 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 All, right, all right. It's knock about slapstick comedy, but that's what these movies are all about, isn't it? And, and also we don't get too many double entendres and innuendos in this, but the script is still funny. Yeah. Yeah, you can almost tell it's sort of geared that they wanted to go down that route, but it just feels like they couldn't. Because of it being set in a school. Yeah. I mean, the one thing the one thing that did sort of spring to mind for me is when they're going around the school in the different areas and they've got the, the shots from outside as they're going in. Yeah. It was exactly the same as my infant and junior school that I went to. All those buildings looked like that, didn't they? Just round yeah. the corner from me, Byron Road, still looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Even down to I said to my other half because we went to school together. Yes. Um, yeah. The gym equipment, like the climbing <laughs> bars and the benches, and we sitting there chatting to one another. Like, yeah, we remember sitting in them assembly, and the horse. You know, you yeah. had to used to be able to jump over. Then we used to have to connect the benches up to it. Um, so, so you've done what I normally do is is look at the background. Yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was thinking. Yeah, I remember having to sit on them benches in assembly. It had yeah. two little knobbly bits at the end. You used to it. sit on it and hurt your ass. Well, that's the thing. All that stuff that even I mean, you're a lot younger than me. They, they were still they were still hanging on from from post war. You know, it was still the yeah. same equipment. Yeah, we still use it. I'm thinking, yeah, those highly varnished bits of things we used to have to walk up and down and not slip off and break our necks. All gone now. Yeah. Because of the health and safety. The skeleton radiators that you used to bash your knee on. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the no. gym equipment, the ropes you had to climb. and Yeah, I know exactly what you're on about. Yeah, with that, that, they had that, um, that smell. I couldn't... It was like floor polish, wood and damp. So even though this was made 1959... We're I talking. Smell it. Yeah, I was going to say, was it bringing back <laughs> memories? To you? I was there. I was there. Even though I, my my father wasn't even born in 1959. Oh my god! Of course, yeah, yeah. He was born in 65, but I was still there. It was so weird. And then when Ted Ray's looking at that new futuristic school, yeah, it looked like Upper Manor that I went to. It looked like one of the schools. Yeah, those typical comprehensives that were built. Yeah, and I went to that school and I'm thinking, that's only a drawing on his desk, but I know exactly what that building was like in there. (laughs) Typical 60s asbestos industrial unit with a few tables put in there. (laughs) Massive porter cabin, mate, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the portable building, yeah, yeah. So where does this rank amongst the 30-odd carry-ons for you? 
it's it's not up the top for me. I'd say it's sort of middle of the road watch for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think the, the viewers now know my bottom ones. Yeah, um, we know your top ones. It's just we may have to put these in some sort of order at one point, but that, that's going to be so complicated. I don't think I can grade specifically all, all of these movies. I'm going to say this is middle for me somewhere. Yeah, it's it's a middle of the road carry on watch. Um, it's not terrible. It's not great. Um, no, and it's but it's a good watch. Yeah, and it's not typical carry on, but it's got the faces there that we associate with the carry on team. You know, there's that half a dozen that are still there. It's a bit like when we were talking about the first Bond. It's important to the yes. rest of yeah. the sequence. It's they're getting to know their audience. There's they're towing the water still, mm-hmm. and it creates an absolute masterpiece yeah and i think from the next one onwards is where we're going to start seeing the carry-on formula kick in properly i think because as you say sid james is in it and it just develops we're we're hitting the 60s it's going to start developing into something completely different after this one well yeah the swinging 60s it all goes out the window (laughs) looking forward to it if you were to mark this do you want to mark it out of five or ten we we'll go out. Should we go out of five? Yeah, go on. We we'll go out of five. Do you know? I'd actually. I would give it a four. Mm-hmm. I would give it a four. Um, like I say, it's still a middle of the road carry on in the grand scheme of things, but it's still a really good watch. Certainly worth watching. I mean, watching it. When did I? Watch? I watched it yesterday, which was Good Friday. Yeah, same for me. Yeah, and I watched it just before sort of lunchtime, and I thought that's a perfect time to watch this era carry on. Is like on a bank holiday weekend, early morning. It was, yeah, it just suited the period perfectly. I was actually a little bit gutted they didn't put it on because I looked on the telly and there was loads and loads of carries on, carry ons on on the buses, you know, all the yeah. good stuff. And this wasn't on it. This one t- tends to get lost. These very early ones tend to get yeah. lost a wee They've bit. They've overlooked because yeah. of carry on camping, unfortunately, which was on. Yeah, might be a rights issue, mate. Something to do with copyright. Something like that. Uncultured swine. <laughs> I'd give it a four as well. It's a light four for me. Um, yeah. I'll try not to give half stars or whatever, but... No, no, it'd be harsh to give it a three, but it's it's definitely a four. Yeah, I mean, I'm saving my threes for some of the later stuff. <laughs> as high as that? Well, the, the very later stuff, you'd be lucky if I even grade them at all, to be honest. So Lucky if I even turn up. Um, <laughs> the Rob Tanner podcast with me, Scott, with and me, Scott, just yeah, no one talking to myself about Carry On Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, Tony's having a nap on Skype. Tell you what, let's take a short break. You're going to select a movie for next time. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Okay, Tony, you are going to come back very soon to record another episode. Um, very soon, yes, because we haven't got a, a great deal going on Well, you're, at the moment. Well, you're working extremely hard, as we said. It's nice to find an hour to catch up with you, mate. This whole social distancing like that has made it very difficult for people. Thank God for things like Skype and podcasting that we can actually get together and chat, mate. So, there you go, Skype's the biggest hero at the moment for us. <laughs> <laughs> so... If I remember rightly, I actually chose Carry On Teacher, didn't I? It was my choice. You did, so we can kick off the Carry Ons again. Yeah, so it's over to you for the next one. You've We're given, going for a war film. Yeah, you give me a bit of a hint. So, a war yes. film, which is not surprising for you. What are we going with, mate? We're going to go for The Darkest Hour, um, the 2017 film. Oh, bang up to date. Yeah, so we're going to go for a modern film about the 1940s which yeah um round about the same time as dunkirk isn't it we sort of mentioned this when we did our dunkirk review that this makes an ideal companion piece because it's set on the home front when all that stuff's going on at dunkirk just before just after you haven't seen this have you haven't seen it was supposed to see it but like most things i've got called into work (laughs) so it'll be a first watch for me okay um, um, we'll see how it goes. 
I've oh. not done any research into it. I'm not looking too much into it until I've seen it. Okay. Just know that Gary Oldman won the best Oscar, actor Oscar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of hype around it. Don't, so, um, don't read too I'm much into good things. Yeah, don't read too much into Oscar nominations. Some people do, some people don't. <sighs> there's a lot of bad press about this movie. Um, but knowing you, I think you're just going to see through all these negative comments and just watch it for what it is. Yeah. Um, I've got a funny feeling you might like it. Yeah, it's one of those things where you can't mess around with it too much because um, it's true life. It happened. It's documented. So uh, we'll, um, Yeah, the, the the bad comments are the way they represent in this. Yeah. What? yeah. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. There's a couple of particular scenes that will be like, no, 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 no. We'll see how it goes. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it watching it. I'm, I'm having second thoughts going into my second viewing. I might be a bit more critical about it this time round. Let's see. I'm looking forward to it because I wanted to watch this after watching Dunkirk anyway, so you've now given me the perfect reason to Mm. go back to it. Hopefully it won't be too long before we get back together, mate, and chat about it. No. Once again, thank you, mate, for being here. Thank you for all you're doing work-wise as well. Well, no, thank you to everyone, and thank you for those staying at home. Seriously, don't don't go out if you're seeing what i'm seeing at the minute you'd stay at home yeah, yeah. that's where i want to be i don't want to be out in it either but i can't i've got the choice unlike most of you so yeah stay at home stay safe um protect yourselves well said mate you take care i'll see you very soon see you soon Ta-da. bye-bye cheers positive shot one boy out Good luck. Thank you. Hand up, sir. Ha 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 ha!